lift my voice to worship you, O my soul, sunshine. We'll get us uh, started off with worship this morning with You're the Song That I Sing. You are the words and the music. You are the song that I sing. You are the melody. You are the harmony. Praise to your name I will bring. You are the Lord of Lords. You are the mighty God. You are the King of all kings. So now I give back to you the songs that you gave to me. You are the song that I sing. Oh, you are the words and the music. You are the song that I sing. You are the melody. You are the harmony. Praise your name I will bring. You are the Lord of lords. You are the mighty God. You are the king of all kings. So now I give back to you the songs that you gave to me. You are the song that I sing. So now I give back to you the songs that you gave to me. You are the song that I sing. Jesus, you're my firm foundation. I know I can stand secure, oh Jesus, you're my firm foundation, I put my hope in your holy word, I put my hope in your holy word, I have a living hope, I have a future, God has a plan for me. Of this I'm sure, of this I'm sure, Jesus, you're my firm foundation. I know I can stand secure, oh Jesus, you're my firm foundation. I put my hope in your holy word, I put my hope in your holy word, your word is Mighty in power, God will. 
Today's scripture reading comes from the book of Psalm, chapter 19, verses 1 through 4. The heavens proclaim the glory of God. The skies display his craftsmanship. Day after day, they continue to speak. Night after night, they make him known. They speak without a sound or word. Their voice is never heard, yet their message has gone throughout the earth and their words to all the world. God has made a home in the heavens for the sun. It bursts forth like a radiant bridegroom after his wedding. Pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for another great morning you've blessed us with. Thank you for this opportunity that you've given us to assemble here and worship you and praise your name. Be with us as we go through this service. 
that everything that is done here be uplifting to you and uplifting to everyone here. Just, I want to thank you for all the prayers that you have answered, to, to people that are back with us that haven't been able to be here for a while. Just thank you for all of that. Right now, I want to ask a blessing on everyone on the sick list. To ask a, a special prayer for Teresa as she's getting ready to go through some different kinds of treatments. Just let everything work. Let the doctors uh, know what they need to do. Just thank you for everything you do for us. Most of all, I thank you for Jesus. In his name I pray. Amen. Wonderful story of love. Tell it to me again. Wonderful story of love. Wake the immortal strain. Angels with rapture announcing. Shepherds with wonder receiving. Sinner, oh, won't you believe in wonderful story of love? Wonderful, 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 wonderful story of love, wonderful story of love, though you are far away. Wonderful story of love, still he doth call today, calling from Calvary's mountain, down from the crystal bright fountain, in from the dawn of creation, wonderful story of love,
Good morning, Sunshine. The last few weeks I've been uh, spending some time in the book of Hebrews, and uh, the writer uh, is writing to, to, as the title states, the Hebrew nation who would, you know, they were God's chosen people. Uh, they understood the law of Moses, and they, they were practicing Jews that uh, once Christ came to this earth and, and did what he did, uh, these people became Christians and uh, decided to, to uh, you know, put on, the, put on the blood of Jesus in baptism just like we have. And uh, as you read through Hebrews, it becomes evident pretty quickly that just through the struggles of everyday life that these uh, Hebrew people were, were thinking about turning back and uh, going back to Judaism. And uh, the writer pleads with them, talking about how much better Jesus is than the priests and that the new covenant is versus the old covenant. And, uh, you know, referencing, you know, what Jesus had done for him, even, even goes back and draws into their history that from 1,500 years prior that they would have been familiar with and talking to him about when Moses, you know, led their ancestors out of Egypt and all the great things that he did along the way. And what did they do? They grumbled. They wanted to turn back. And then when, when God took them to the doorstep of the land of Canaan, he took them all that way. They still, because of their unbelief by most of them, didn't think that they could, could conquer the people. And because of that, most of them, you know, uh, spent 40 years wandering and never entered the land of rest. And so he uses that as a reference. Don't, don't repeat the history that they did. You, you recognize now looking back that that was ridiculous what they did. But what, what you're thinking about doing now is exactly the same. What you have ahead of you and what God has provided for you is amazing. Don't, don't be silly and, and turn back and and, you know, that was applicable to them for what they were struggling, but we struggle with that same thing today. And, and the writer, in one verse, kind of en encapsulates his, his thoughts. And I just want to read that, read that verse to you now. It's out of chapter 2, verse 1. The writer says, For this reason we must pay close attention to what we have heard, lest we drift away from it. We must pay close attention to what we've heard. So this writer, through, through, through that verse and just everything else he says, he continues to remind the people what they'd already known and learned, learned already. And when I think about, you know, part of what we do on the first day of the week around the Lord's Supper, we're, we're being reminded. We, we're reminding each other of, of what... God through Jesus has already done for us. We're, we're being reminded that, that he solved the future for us. Uh, that that uh, God, is, God is true to his word. His promises are good and that our eternal life is, is guaranteed. So as we gather around and partake of the bread here in a moment and the fruit of the vine, I just ask you to, to, remember, to remember those things and allow that to um, help you each week as we do this to recommit yourself to uh, 
to be in, to be in the Lord's. Uh, let's pray. Father, we're thankful for your love for us. We're thankful for the fact that you always provide for us. We're thankful, Father, that we know that we're, we're living a life and we're, we're in a battle that has already been won. The outcome has been de determined already. And, and we're thankful that we know that we can trust in you and your promises and that you've got us all, all the way. Uh, Father, I pray that as we are about to take this bread and, and, we, and, we, and we think about what Jesus has done for us, that we'll all examine our, our lives, our hearts. Uh, Father, if we find that we're not in alignment with you, we pray that we'll all recommit to that. Uh, Father, And we know that you're a forgiving God. We know that uh, you love us and that uh, you're willing to help us in that. So I pray, Father, that this time will be a time of... Uh, of recommitment, a time of examination, and just a time of us to, to recognize that uh, we, we serve uh, a loving and awesome God and that we're tremendously blessed because of that. And it's, it's your son that, that's made that relationship possible. In Christ's name, amen. Later on in the letter to the Hebrews, the writer, the writer says this, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stimulate, stimulate one another to love and good deeds. Let's pray. Father, we are thankful for the blood of Jesus uh, he came to this earth and offered one final sacrifice, the perfect sacrifice, and we don't have to worry about giving sacrifices anymore because he's taken care of that um, for all time. We're thankful. We're thankful for that. Uh, Father, as we 
as we're here together in unity, um, as we acknowledge uh, the power of that blood, I pray that each of us will, uh, as a part of this, be uh, encouraged just by our communion together. And not only today, but each day of the week, we'll, we'll consider how we can stimulate, stimulate one another to, to love and good deeds, like your word says, Father. In Christ's name, amen.
Um, also, uh, Gabe's class will be staying out here to, or for Jamie's lesson. So Gabe's class needs to stay out here. I'd like to stay here longer than man's allotted days And watch the fleeting changes of life's uneven ways But if my Savior calls me to death's sweet home on high I'll live with him forever in glory by and by Yes, I'll live in glory by and by. I'll tell and sing love story there on high. There with my dear Redeemer, no more to die. Oh, yes, I'll live in glory by and by. I want to be of service along this pilgrim way. And lead the lost to Jesus, as fervently I pray. As day by day I travel, I'll keep him ever nigh. And live with him forever, in glory by and by. Oh yes, I'll live in glory by and by. I'll tell and sing love story, there on high, there with my dear Redeemer. Happy New Year's Eve, and uh, just want to encourage you, since you like parties so much, and I know you do, the, tonight we're going to have a, a, a very festive time, let's just say that. Um, we're going to have some inflatables and excitement like that, we're going to have some cornhole um, uh, and board games and people. Good Lord's invited, so I think that uh, kind of trumps everything else. But um, I hope you show up. We're going to be at, we're going to have service this evening, and then we're going to go right into uh, the evening of uh, just a party. I mean, what else can you call? It probably should cost something else. It just doesn't feel right. Okay, fellow, fellow, fellowshipping, part. Okay, the voice on high says fellowshipping. We'll go with that. All right. What do we call a fellowshipping party? Can we go with that? Um, so. Yeah, so we're going to walk into this theme today, and, and this is kind of where we're going to go for as long as God gives us a Sunday after Sunday through the year 2024, we're going to be looking at wonder. Now, it's not just, the, not, not just like a sermon on wonder every week, but the idea is the things that would, would drive us into a place of wonder, um, because I think, I, think we've, I, I think it's well documented, we've, we've lost our wonder. What's happened to our wonder? Where is is 
all the all. Uh, there's kind of something missing in the world, in society today, and, 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 and we want to find that. So let's pray together first, and then uh, we'll walk through this and get ourselves excited about the afternoon and then, and then the fellowship party tonight. God, thanks. It's good to be here today. It's good to be your children. Uh, it is good to claim you as our God. It is only you that has made that possible. And we're so thankful uh, for that, Father, that you um, have made yourself known to the world and that you specifically made yourself known to us. Um, it's personal. It's corporate. It's personal. It's worldwide. So thank you for your chasing us down, pursuing us, your relentless love for us. And God, today we want to honor you, and we want to be reminded and learn to wonder at you, the greatest of things, and then the simplest things, which is, has your thumbprint on those as well. But Father, for sure, we don't want to leave here the same as we came. Uh, we want your word presented. Uh, we want to allow you to move me out of the way, and all of us uh, to just allow you through your spirit to wash over us, to encourage, encourage us through your word and through thought as we go through this time. But thank you for the family and friends and loved ones who are here today. And God, I pray that you stir us to, uh, man, into these places of wonder. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. So there's a lot of research out there, and you can do it. Um, it takes way too long in a sermon to drop all this on you. But there's a lot of research um, that's available that talks about how important it is that you in your life learn to or not lose your capacity for wonder and awe. I'm, I'm confident, personally, uh, I'm saying this from my perspective, that when Jesus says you have to become like a little child, I don't think it's just about fun and games and running around, which is very important. And we all need to learn to have fun and play games and run around, all of us. But I think it's about wonder, about not losing the ability to be impressed uh, the awe of life in the greatest and the most simple of things. It's really healthy for you physically as when you're impressed with something and you're in awe. It's like being at the Grand Canyon when we take the students out there on our, our spiritual adventure. And the thing is just way bigger than you. It's so much bigger than you that you had to go, wow. It's when you get on a plane to, to go somewhere and you get high enough that you can still see. And then you get beyond where you can't see anything. You're like, how can this be this vast? And so as you become, begin to become small, it's very good for you. It's really good for me to become small. That's where my sense of wonder kicks in. But when life is surrounded by just, I mean, surrounding me, when I'm the center of my world and I'm the biggest thing here, when everything is made to serve me, my wonder begins to fade and my awe dips greatly. But, but wonder, you know what's good for you physically? It inspires you. It encourages you. It's good for your physical health, good for your mental health to be in wonder. It's incredible for, incredible for you spiritually, which would drive everything but men, it's well documented by physicians, psychologists, uh, sociologists, that being in wonder, increasing our sense of wonder, our ability to wonder, is so, so good for us. But if you're an athlete, or if you're uh, intelligent, or if you're an intelligent athlete, sorry, I've got to be careful how you say that. I didn't mean those two to be pulled apart. 
If you have an ability to do something well, anything well, anything at all well, but it, but it, but it, it shows its um, face in athletics especially. I remember um, playing baseball and you know, in the moment when you make just, I mean, you make the right contact and the ball goes as far as you could imagine it going and, you know, it's home run circling the bases. And, and the idea is, if you're not careful, act like you've been here before. You've heard this before. You've heard this phrase. You score a touchdown. You do whatever. Act like you've been here before. Keep it cool. You know, you, you, you are not the one to get lost in this. It's a, it's a sense of pride, and, and then those moments you begin, those are the things that begin to erode your wonder and awe. When the things that you do, and when you're involved in daily, when you're not allowed to go, wow, anymore, when you're not allowed to go, well, I did that, or they did that, or she did that, that's crazy, your all begins to erode. When everything is just like, of course I did this. Of course I could do that. Of course I'm that guy. I run this great business. I can, like I help support this great church or I do whatever the things are that I, no, man, everything, every good thing is from God. And when those things begin to erode, your wonder begins to erode. And then life becomes incredibly mundane. Purpose, hope encouragement, all of that begins to wane. So let's step into a few things that we know that, be, that erode our wonder quickly. We've got to go through these quickly. The statistics show media and technology overload, man, it just like makes your brain really kind of fried and it makes the world really small. Everything's at your fingertips and, and you get really tunnel visioned and your inspiration, your encouragement, your hope all gets dialed in really closely. Get that dopamine rush, get that dopamine rush, get that dopamine rush, and everything gets tighter and tighter and tighter. Media and technology overload will destroy your wonder. Being stressed out and overwhelmed every day by the schedule, by the chasing, by I don't know, whatever. The expectations placed on you by whomever, whatever, family, friends, loved one, boss, whoever. The stressed out and overwhelmed will destroy your wonder routine. Things being routinely routine over and over and over. And you know the feeling. I get up on Monday and I got to get through Friday and Saturday goes really fast. And we got to do church Sunday, really? And now twice? Seriously? And before you know it, the weekend's gone and here we go again. The same old, same old, same old. And it just crushes your wonder, shifting of values in society. You know how society, we would say, used to be. There was an honor for God, an honor for people, an honor for honor's sake. And as, as values and culture shifts, I watch us begin to lose hope. Society loses their hope and their wonder. Too much information on. And I mean, we have more information. You don't even know what to do with it. You can just like learn and learn and learn. And, and there's just so much coming at you all the time about this guy in China and this girl in India and this person way down at, you know, wherever. There's always stuff flying everywhere. I got a new story and I don't know where to share it anymore. There's so much going on. And from a, a spiritual perspective, I mean, there's things that happen to us the same way, right? We lose a loss of relationship with and an understanding of God. When, when, when we're so busy and all the first things we just mentioned play into our lives very heavily, suddenly we find ourselves distant from God. And even lack if you watch society and if you watch a church. Just talk to your friends. Talk to people you think you know. 
people in the building and have a conversation about God and watch them go, what, wait, what? He did what, what? <laughs> tomorrow starts a, an incredible new year if the good Lord brings us tomorrow. And what it is is an incredible chance to start your Bible reading all over again. You can go through the Bible if, if, you're, if you've never been there, if you've been there 50 times, you get to start again. And yes, you should be reading. We should all be reading every day. The opportunity is there to know God, but there are incredible Bible helps out there. And a few weeks ago, I put one up on the screen. And for all of you who, who said, hey, send me that link or whatever, read that thing, man. You're going to love it. It is so good for me. And um, wonder of all wonders, I finished mine this year early. So how about that? You know, I mean, wow, there is wonder right here in front of you. But you get to start again tomorrow, and you just get to go again. But the loss of relationship with and the understanding of God, man, it destroys your wonder because God is the ultimate wonder. He is the ultimate wonder. He is so incredibly amazing. And when that's taken from you or when we're not involved in, you know, getting deeper in that, man, it all begins to fade Lacking involvement in the body, the community, the church, when we're not stepping into the story. This, he put this together on purpose, the bride of Christ. When we're not here, when we're not involved, when we're not dreaming together and hoping together. I wonder, Fades, and you know it. I mean, these are things we don't have to talk about. We could have came up with this list together. And you're going, yeah, yeah, that, that's true. And a few more I could have mentioned, by the way, Jamie. Yes, I agree. Bitterness and cynicism smother all gratitude. And when you're distant from God, you don't live, we don't live in much gratitude. And when, you don't, when you're not there, then wonder fades upon fades. So, so the story's not always been like this. And if we want to start moving ourselves toward wonder, which we definitely want to move ourselves toward wonder, there's a really incredible place where it starts in the beginning, right? The creation is the beginning of wonder. When God spoke all of this into existence, he said, in the beginning. If, if I could have you just for a moment um, do something with me. If you've ever heard of this, the, 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 the scripture or the first word, words in scripture, in the beginning God created the heavens and earth, would you raise your hand? Just show me the wonder of your hand moving. Wow. So you, we've all heard this, right? We know the story. What a wonder. What a wonder you could play along. <laughs> what a wonder that you could go, you know what, I'm in church and I can, what? I can be agreeable? What a wonder in 2023. You could be agreeable. You could just raise your hand because I asked you to. No pride on the line. No dignity suffered. You could just raise your hand and we can all be encouraged together. The creation of wonder. Creation, the beginning of wonder. This is something we want to look at real quickly. We're going to keep moving through this thing and enjoy this day together. So scripture says in Genesis 1, 1 and 2, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep and the spirit of God was hovering over the waters. That's your Bible. That's everybody's Bible. It's God's word. That's what it says. There's no haggling over that. So in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, here's, here's what we want to talk about. By the way, my phone, my, my tablet died, and uh, so I'm thinking I'm going to get a late Christmas present, <clears throat> Kristen. Um, so I'm going to be using this thing, okay? The very first day as we go through the creation of the world, God's, God is on the scene. He's working in this mass that you know. What you walk on every day was not what it is. Scripture, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Now, just for a few moments, just forget where you are. 
wonder of wonders, you have imagination. Maybe we haven't peaked it for a while. Maybe you haven't let yourself go there for a while. Pretend you're a kid. Go back to just letting this moment be his. Remember a time when the earth was formless, or think about a time. Hopefully you weren't there. Remember, when, or remember that it was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the water. And the first day on the scene, God made light. He separates it from darkness, right? He makes day, and he makes night. And when he was finished, he said, that's good. We've got a day. We've got a start. The second day, he makes the sky. Yesterday, you know, we're, we're at home and, and, and the, it's raining and then it's sunshine and it's raining and the sunshine, boom, rainbow in the sky. I'm looking up at the sky. I've taken so for granted, not thinking, God, you made that sky. You made this a mass of firmament, this th- firmament, this thing we look at every day that we live under. You just spoke it into existence and it's there. Wonder of wonders. The third day, dry grass, you know, he separates, the, he separates the waters from the waters and land appears, right? And grass and things begin to grow, plants and trees. It's amazing how incredible he is. And the fourth day, the one that Wayne loves so much, he made the sun and the moon and the stars. And when, you, when, when, that, when, the, when the sun comes up, it's a new day dawning. It's time to sing your song again. And we watch that thing go across the sky and, and set again. And we're in awe of the rising. We're in awe of the setting. And then at the right time of the month, the, the, the full moon comes up and I get a call from Wayne. You're looking at that moon out there? And I'm like, I'm looking at that moon out there. Why? Because it's awesome. I mean, to watch the moon, it's so quiet and so relentless as it goes across the sky. I'm amazed at the peace that the moon just radiates. As it just goes across the sky, you can't look and not go, man, God, you're good. Fifth day, creatures that live in the sea and creatures that fly, those fish, you know, Jeff loves fish. And we like, people like fish and they like, you know, just looking up and seeing birds do what birds do. Six day, animals that live on the ground and humans. Day six, six days of creation here. Animals that move along the ground, and then God said, let, let us make man in our image, and that's what he did. And on the seventh day, he rested, and the wonder that is, that is in, in, in just encompassed and captured in this, this, this seven day, this, this creation of the world. Steve Miller, if you remember, used to say, uh, if you can believe Genesis 1-1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, you... You don't have any problem with the rest of the Bible. <laughs> you don't have a problem with life. God is amazing. He is the wonder of wonders. He is the all of all. So, so in, in moving through Scripture, you begin to see things happen as mankind um, struggles and battles, and uh, uh, they, they, they become selfish, self-absorbed. Their wonder seems to go away. And so as the story unfolds, eventually the Israelites find themselves they're, they're, you know, Jacob, Joseph, and, and, and that family, the, the 12, you know, sons, find themselves captive in Egypt, and it's not long before they begin to swell into a massive uh, family. God's going to call them out, but it's going to take some wonder to do that. They've been there about 420 years. 
Some theologians, wise ones, scholars would say um, the 12 plagues um, were important because he had to get the Israelites out of Egypt. It was a battle because he also had to get Egypt out of the Israelites. That's what we don't think about very much, right? Do you ever wonder how much culture shapes you? How much what you're doing every day impacts your life? What you do becomes you? And so he's not only trying to get the Israelites out of Egypt, but he's also, he needs to get Egypt out of the Israelites, out of his children, out of his family. And that's some, that's some work. There's some work to be done here. Um, because being in Egypt meant you also were being a part of a, a pagan culture that worshipped every god. And so if you watch the, the plagues that hit Egypt, you see God showing he's truly sovereign. He is an absolute, you should be a, absolute wonder and awe of him because he defeats every god. He's, he's created everything, and then he takes creation what he, that he has complete control over and defeats all of Egypt. And the scripture shows this. If you follow along and you know, um, you know the ten plagues, he sends a plague of blood and all the water in the Nile turns to blood, and he sends frogs, and frogs are in their, in their dresser drawers, in their pillowcases, you know, on the shower head. Everywhere you turn, please you get your brush out, start brushing your hair, and there's a frog. And my wife hates frogs, by the way. This would be a real bad day for us, okay? The, the lice or gnats, right, the third day, fourth day, or the fourth plague flies everywhere. All You know the, that, you know, we were in a mission trip one time, just a domestic mission trip. I think we'll have flies like this in Honduras. We were in Nebraska on a farm. And, man, the wind was blowing, and it'd be, we'd eat outside picnic style, and a fly would land on your plate. And it didn't matter what you did. It's like, I'm eating that sandwich, man. You're, you better eat fast because you couldn't scare them away. And that's what's going on here. There are so many flies there everywhere all the time. Then the plague of lice, all the Egyptians' livestock um, die. And, and they start to see this issue. While, they're, they, while their livestock dies, the Israelites' livestock, they're just fine. They, Moses you know, throws ashes in the air and boils settle on all the Egyptians, but not on the Israelites. And then hail comes down and pounds all their... I mean, some have said 100-pound uh, hailstones. I've not seen one like that, thankfully. Um, hailstones, like huge hailstones, destroying the crops. And then the locusts on the eighth day settle in, and whatever the hailstones didn't destroy, the locusts are finishing off as the east wind blows them in. The ninth day, darkness, so dark you could feel it. And every day you hear God saying, I have your attention yet? Are you impressed with me yet? Oh, you've been here before, right? You've seen all this. You're not impressed with that home run. You're not impressed with that touchdown. You're not impressed with that, that don't. You're not impressed that your hand works and you can feed yourself. You're not impressed that you're able to drive to work and that you actually can hold down a job. You're not impressed yet. You're hearing me, Pharaoh. Are you seeing me, Egypt? Are you hearing me, Israel? No, this is not enough still. And so he sends the last plague. And horrors of horror, right? It's the death of the firstborn of everything in Egypt. And the only escape from this is to simply put blood 
above and on your doorpost. It's, the, it's, it, it's it, that you, that you hear God and that you're in awe of him enough and wonder and you see yourself so small and that he is so big because every God of Egypt has been defeated. You see him, yourself so small, him so big that you're like, I, I, I'll kill whatever animal, I'll do whatever. Just I need some blood to put on my doorpost because he means business. And the Israelites did it. The Egyptians wake up. The Egyptians wake up in the in the in the morning, and every firstborn child, every firstborn livestock, all of their everything is there's wailing and crying, and 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 he sends they send Israelites out. They free them. Go and take everything with you as you go. And it's not long before they get away that the Egyptians, you know, the Pharaoh is like, oh, we shouldn't have let them go. Free labor. Sends them after them, right? Sends his army after them. And then you know the story of the Red Sea. Another wonder. Another awe moment as God divides the Red Sea. That's not enough. He separates them and leads from the Egyptians by a pillar of fire, a wall. He leads them always, looks out for them and feeds them always. God is the God of wonders. He is the God of wonders. He is the God of wonders. And our battle with our daily really keeps us in that place where I've been here before. I've done this before. I, I. And so, so there's a couple of things we want to wrestle with here just for a moment, and then we're going to talk about how to increase our capacity for wonder. But the first one is, I'm going to introduce it, and then we're going to talk about it more in the invitation. But the, a couple of things worthy of our wonder. Okay, we're talking about how we need wonder, how our wonder's been just kind of, dis, just kind of really destroyed, and how awesome God is. He's the one that introduced all wonder. But, but we need to know, oh, by the way, we need to know the scripture. So Moses writes, they're singing this song, right? The Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm, with great terror and with signs and wonders. There's nobody like this God. The Lord is a warrior. He is powerful and mighty. But worthy of our wonder is Jesus, right? I mean, we see God worthy of, but there's so many things that we want to talk about, about Jesus and, and that he's worthy of our wonder. But we're going to go on to that in a moment. But the second one is people. And here's what I need to say about people. First of all, we're going to address this more in the sermons that come, uh, come after this as we look at the next few weeks about community, the wonder of community. But, but people, that they exist, that they're here. I think this is the single most destroyer of our wonder, that, that you fail to see me as marvelous. It's not an ego trip. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Scripture tells us your works are wonderful. I know that for what well, you are also. And for me, to, for, for me to see people as in the way, as inconvenient, that's what a hassle. I'm so done with this. You get on my nerves. What a big jerk. I'd just rather not be around you. Our personalities don't work together. I don't know, man. You know where they're from. You know how they are. You know, you know, you know. You in those moments are destroying your wonder and mine. And I in those moments are de I'm destroying your all. And my own. How dare we speak or think ill 
of one that God has intentionally woven. That's what scripture says. Knit me together, David says, in my mother's womb. Yes, maybe hyperbolic, but the point is well made, right? That God is at work building, making, doing, breathing life into every human being. The ones you despise, the ones that get on your nerves, the ones asking you for money that you wish would take a shower, didn't approach you, left you alone. All those people, the ones that don't go to your church, you think they don't go to the right church, the ones that they're sure you're going to the hell because they're going to the wrong church. All those kinds of things are not your business. They're not your business. They have nothing to do with you except to wonder at them and be amazed at them. That, that a church could grow, that a business could grow, that a community would grow, takes a whole lot of Jesus and Jesus' people being in wonder and awe of the least and most conven- inconvenient, most irritating and unlovable because when you see them, you see you. So embrace you and be in wonder. Embrace you and learn to love. Because in everybody, God is there, and a bit of you as well, because you are in humanity, the family of mankind. That's who you are, and people deserve your wonder and awe. Just watch a baby, man. Wow. And without wonder and awe, a baby that squeezes his hand like this without being loved and appreciated and respected, he learns to use a thing to hold a gun or a knife or a Bible. It all has to do with how you and I practice our wonder and all. You'll never be inconvenienced by anyone as much as God. You've already inconvenienced. You'll never inconvenience anybody as much as we have already inconvenienced God. And the daily mundane, how about that? What if you could learn to be amazed that you get to do mundane? Then there are people who never lived nearly as long as you have, and we're broken about those things. And we have heartaches about those things. But there are people who are still are not in this story anymore. They don't get to do the mundane. There are people who are so impoverished, they don't get to do your mundane. They don't get to do what you do, live how you live, go where you go, be bored. What a gift is boredom. It's the, it's the springboard to invention and hope and inspiration and everything else. Get bored. Live in the mundane. Be impressed with it. Be amazed by it. Life's not spent in the big moments, man. It's spent in the little, everyday, loving, everyday people. So increasing our capacity for one, let's move through this quickly and get on with some fellowship after service, right? Increasing our capacity for wonder. How do we do this? You stay right-sized in your own mind. There is one center of the universe, and it's not a galaxy somewhere far, far away. It's God. It's not you. Found the center of the universe. I love saying this. I know. They found the center of the universe. Behold, it's not you. It's God. And when you see all he's made, and we've only dabbled, talking about all creation, talking about the, the, the ten plagues, we've just touched on his awe and wonder, and that's all. And he deserves all of us. Stay right-sized in your own mind. Number two, get out. Get out in creation. Walk a trail. Walk a path. Get a spider's web in your face. I don't know, man. Go do something and watch the wow of everyday moments. And understand, God caused 
all of this to be and said it was really, really good. Exhaust in your face. Yes, somebody was created by God, brilliant enough to make a motor, invent a car, make a computer, make your cell phone. Wow. And all of this, right? Find wonder in the smallest of things. Someone said, take your, I know, see it all, how big it is, but sometimes maybe binoculars or your cell phone, you know, and dial in, dial into things you can't even see. See that bug, see that gnat, look at that the woodpecker hole in a tree in the woods because you got out long enough to take a walk and be, wow, how does this stuff happen? How does it work? See the world through, di- see the world differently with the fresh focus. Walk a different way. Walk the path backwards. Get in people's way. Trip over them. Bump into them. Say, I'm sorry. Just be inconvenient and watch people. God is so good and you are so amazing. Slow down a bit. While it takes time, it doesn't work on your schedule. Can't be, in a, can't be running out of breath, stressed out, and think, I got to catch a moment so I can go, wow. Snap, look what I found. It doesn't work like that. You gotta slow down, man. The world was not made to live at your pace. You're made to live at God's. Revelation 5, 11, and 12. And I looked and heard a voice, heard the voice of many angels, numbering thousands upon thousands, and 10,000 times 10,000. They encircled the throne, the living creatures and the elders, They encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders. In a loud voice, they were saying, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. You know what they're saying? Wow. This is a wonder. None of them are going, been here before. Seen that. This is eternal. And they're still pumped. They're still stoked. They're still so excited. So I want to encourage you today to be impressed by Jesus, to be in wonder and awe of him who could have stayed in heaven in all of that. He could have stayed there in all of that, that incredible honor and praise and wonderment. It's a word, I'm sure. Instead, he came here to buy you back, to, to give himself. He paid the debt he didn't owe because I owed a debt I couldn't pay. He lived this life well, and incredible signs and wonders were a part of his life. Healing, dead, bringing dead people back to life. Healing blind, lame, feeding thousands of people with just a few loaves and fish. And, and his story was, could you pretend you haven't been here before? Could you just for a moment think, hey, this is, wow, yeah, God, thank you for saving me, and thanks for this moment. If you desire to respond in any way, if you've not given your life to Jesus through, through immersion, or if you need prayer, elders will be on either side of the, the auditorium, or they will come up if you need them. You come forward, they'll be here to pray with you. Whatever you desire, why don't you come so we stand and sing. This world is not my home, I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. The angels beckon me from heaven's open door. And I can't feel at home in this world anymore. Oh Lord.
everyone here this morning. Glad you made it out and assembled with us this morning. Hope you're having a wonderful day and all those who might be joining us online, we're glad you uh, joined us as well. Uh, we'll highlight a few things here in our bulletin and we'll have a dismissal prayer. If you didn't get a bulletin, make sure you grab one on the way out. Uh, first of all, I want to thank Jamie for a very good lesson. I, I like that word wander. It just, just opens up a gamut of thoughts. So thank you. Thank Jared for leading us in worship this morning. Now, on our prayer concerns, uh, first of all, we're extremely glad to see Steve back with us this morning. We missed you, buddy. <laughs> glad to have you back with us. Glad he's feeling better. Uh, only updates I have is, uh, remember Teresa, she begins her uh, treatment soon. Continue to be praying for her and Jeff and the family. Uh, that that would all go well. And uh, Greg Farrell, if I'm not mistaken, Greg is back in the Portsmouth area now. Is that correct? I think he got moved back to... It used to be a heartland. What's the name of it now? Rosemount Pavilion. Rosemount Pavilion. That's by Clay High School, right? After on Byerly Road. So, and uh, Gene put something on Facebook yesterday. If anybody wants to stop and visit him, he's, he would like to have some visitors. So that would be good. So we will continue to pray for Greg and, and, and the family there. And uh, Jared Kaiser, this is uh, Caitlin Book's brother-in-law. Uh, he was mentioned last week that uh, he's about 22 years old. He was born with a... Uh, 
a condition that he has a, I forget what it's called, connective tissue type of, of, of uh, illness. And he's, he had open heart surgery when he was a teenager. And they knew that eventually he may have to have more surgeries. Well, Wednesday before Christmas, he had a, had a bad spell. And he's in OSU in the ICU, the heart uh, wing. And he's facing another open heart surgery and then maybe even a follow-up with another surgery. But the latest we heard on him is they were gonna to try to release him home to get stabilized to have that surgery. Well, now they're saying that they wanna keep him in there and maybe as soon as this week, he may have both these surgeries and they're both very involved, very serious surgery. So if you would, continue to pray for Jared Kaiser and family. Is there any other updates on our prayer concerns? David Conkey, a lot of you remember, he was a trustee at one time, wasn't he? David Conkey, wasn't he a trustee, Madison Township? Yeah, this is uh, uh, Heath, you all know Heath shows up here a lot. It was his grandfather, he passed away this week. So remember that family in your prayers as well. So thank you, Jared. Anybody else, anything else? Okay, uh, remember tonight, we've already mentioned it, our New Year's Eve party after service tonight. We'll have a whole lot of things going on here and we'll have some food and everything. So come and enjoy that. Invite your friends and neighbors. Uh, the girls' lock-in is January the 12th and 13th. There is a sign-up sheet back there, so uh, get signed up on that if that applies to you. Uh, the teens are still collecting for the blessing bags. I saw a box back there. Uh, bowling will be January the 14th, uh, 7 p.m. till midnight. Uh, pizza and drinks are provided there, so come and enjoy that. If you're a bowler, if you're not, come and enjoy it anyway. So. Uh, the Winter Jam's coming up again. They do this every year. It's March 24th. And also the Men's Wild Game Dinner at Howe's Mill is February the 2nd at 515. This year they're having bison barbecue ribs. That sounds a whole lot better than the ostrich steaks we had last year. So, you're stepping up. <laughs> so, sign up for that too. It's back there as well. Sign up sheet back there for that. And there will be a baby shower January 6th for uh, Bill and Kiera, they're having a girl at one o'clock here at the building. That's next week, isn't it? Yeah, that's next week. And the following uh, Saturday for Caitlin and Jacob, they're having a boy, they're having a, a shower here as well on January 13th at three and everyone's invited to those. So I think that's everything. Did I miss anything? Uh, okay, good. You know, the, uh, this time of year always makes you reflect and think about things, you know, and today being New Year's Eve and tomorrow being the first day of a new year. If it wasn't for the invention of a calendar, we would have no idea that, the, <laughs> that today or tomorrow is any different than a week ago, right? If it wasn't for a calendar. And, you know, a lot of people make New Year's resolutions and all that. I personally don't because I always fail at it year after year. So I gave that up years ago. But, you know, I, uh, someone I dearly love gave me some words of wisdom years ago. He said, it's, it's good to, at least once a year, look back over your past year, your life, and see where you're at in your walk with the Lord. Just kind of do an evaluation of where you're at. See if you can see that you've grown the past 12 months in your walk with the Lord. And uh, I've always tried to do that. And since, you know, New Year's Day and everything, I thought, well, that's, that's a good time to do that. So I would encourage you to maybe do that too. Just look back over the past year, see where you've grown. You know, I don't think we ever just... I don't think we're stagnant. I don't think we just stand still. I think we're either moving forward or moving backward. That's just my opinion. You may disagree. That's fine. But 
this is a good time just to kind of look back and see where you're at with your walk with the Lord. And if you need to change some things, if you need to be more committed, well, then make that your goal. Try to be more committed to the Lord. I know that's, I, I need that more than once a year. But commitment is the thing that uh, I know in our elders meeting, we, we pray a lot about physical needs and illnesses in the congregation. But one of the things we always mention is just more commitment amongst ourselves and amongst each and every one of you. Just more commitment, more take the Lord serious. You know, if you're a parent, uh, you've maybe experienced this, maybe you haven't. Uh, you do something for your kids, you, you go out of your way to do something for your kids, and maybe you sense the, the, that the uh, appreciation is lacking on, on their behalf. And we're all children, so maybe that was us at one time. I know I've probably let, let my mom and dad down a few times with my appreciation level, the things they did. And, uh, but I know as a parent, it makes you feel, it makes you feel kind of sad, kind of, kind of breaks your heart a little bit, you know? And uh, I don't know if this is scriptural. I think it is, because it said Jesus wept when he looked over Jerusalem, because they didn't, they didn't accept him, and he said, well, I would have gathered you like hens gathering their chicks, you know, so I, it kind of sobering thought to think, maybe, maybe God gets a little heartbroken when he sees that my appreciation for him isn't where it should be, you know, so maybe that's something we need to think about, is appreciate and realize what all God has done for us, and uh, just maybe make that our goal for 2024, is to be more appreciative and more committed to God, so. If you would stand with me, we will have a prayer. Hope you enjoy your afternoon. and Hope to see you back here tonight. Father in heaven, we thank you so much for this day you've blessed us with. Lord, we thank you for loving us, for saving us. Lord, for all the blessings you give us, Lord. We, we can stand here forever and, and mention all the ways you've blessed us, Lord. But we're especially thankful for your son Jesus, for his love, his sacrifice, his life, Lord, the ways he uh, has loved us and shown that through his death on the cross, Lord. I pray that we could always be appreciative, that maybe we can take this time of year, reflect on our commitment to you, and be more committed, be more uh, uh, in love with you, Lord, for loving us the way you have, Lord. I pray that for all those on our prayer list, that you would bless them. Pray for Teresa and the upcoming procedures that would go well, Lord, and be successful, Lord, and pray for uh, Dave Conkey family. You would bless them and their loss, Lord, and pray for... Uh, Jared Kaiser and his family, if he has his surgery, Lord, it be successful, Lord, be no complications. And for our, our brother Greg, you would bless him and the family, Lord. Pray that they would all feel your presence in, in their situations, Lord, and show us how we might help as well. Lord, I pray that we'd take the things we studied today, we'd take them to our heart, and we would apply them. Lord, I pray that we would be in all of you, Lord, as we, we should be. There's no one like you, Lord. There's no God like you. And Lord, help us to just live that out in our daily lives. Go with us this day and watch over us and bring us back at the next time, Lord. We pray all this and we give thanks in Jesus' name. Amen.